0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. In a world that's perfect lies a perfect little town where one team stands alone. But now, something stirring that will change this place forever. <laughs> perfect bill Welcome back to Perfectville. That's right, you just finished episode 112, but here we are, episode 113, your first place podcast for your first place Miami Dolphins. I am still Sam Marcoux. He is still the two-time, yes, two-time Hall of Famer Christopher Cole. And Chris, I just talked to you, but here you are. Have you changed? How do you feel right now?
1: I am still okay.
0: How you are, are still you? Okay. I am doing fan-flipping-tastic, and that's nice. because the Miami Dolphins are 1-0, and and we're going to week two against one of our rivals. Yes, one of the biggest rivals. Some would say the biggest rival that we possibly could have, and that, of course, would be the New Jersey Jets of New York uh, <laughs> with Sam Darnold, rookie quarterback extraordinaire. Uh, they are also 1-0. and They are in the AFC East. This is going to be their home opener. The Miami Dolphins are looking to play spoiler. We have the hashtag MetLife Takeover, where Dolphins go and storm the castle there at MetLife Stadium. What are your thoughts going into Week 2 against the hated New York
1: Jets? hate the Jets. Fuck the Jets. Um, but very interesting game. Uh, with them having such a high draft pick this year, uh, we thought they would you know, be all kinds of terrible and bad. Sam Darnold, first play of his rookie NFL career, throws a pick six, and you think, oh, here we go. Um, the ground is tumbling beneath them. It's the next Mark Sanchez. It's the next... Uh, whoever the hell they drafted, that one guy that punched his teammate in the face. I don't even remember him. That's how bad I'm he about was. talking about Geno Smith getting Geno punched in the face. Geno Smith, yes. yes. Um, here's Sam Darnold, but he looked poised after that. He looked all right. He looked good. Uh, Jets put 48 fucking points on the Lions with the help of – possibly knowing their calls uh who knows we talked about that a little bit earlier but they put 48 points only gave up 17 um the lions look like absolute garbage i think they looked worse than the jets look good there it is um their running back had a isaiah crowell had a few uh good runs a 60 yard touchdown but i feel like we held our own against deon lewis and derrick henry are both in my opinion better running backs than him so it's going to be a dogfight. uh rivalry games mostly are and it's going to be nice to be tested this early uh and it's weird to say that i think it's the best
0: thing that could have happened to the miami dolphins is to see the jets in prime time succeed because i do think i was actually feeling a little bit more confident after our game against the tennessee titans that you know what we have the ability here to go three and oh into new england because the jets are terrible and the oakland raiders are terrible uh but having a day to digest not only our win but also then take a seat back and go oh you know what, these Jets are no joke. They could actually play some ball, I think might help refocus this team and uh, re-motivate them to make sure that they're coming out and swinging uh, in all phases of the game. I, I agree with you. I think the Detroit Lions probably looked worse than the New York Jets looked good. But uh, kudos to the Jets for capitalizing on those opportunities to look good. Um, Sam Darnold, as you mentioned, threw a pick six for his first um, pass as a, as a rookie quarterback here in this league but after that uh, there's no denying his talent I mean you even mentioned it during your drunken spiel when you uh, saw that the Jets drafted him uh, way back on the draft math episode that he uh, he might be a problem for the Miami Dolphins long term um, I think this is going to be a, a, a dog fight here something that could be uh, interesting because you have uh, the veteran and Ryan Tannehill coming back from his devastating injury you've got the uh blossoming rookie in Sam Darnold and you've got two iconic franchises of the AFC East battling one another. Uh, The crowd is going to be interesting because they are playing at home. Uh, It is their home opener week two but the Miami Dolphins over the last couple of years, the Dolphins, the citizens of Perfectville have come together for the hashtag MetLife takeover and really done some damage to that stadium with regards to the noise level. Uh, It's going to be a fun, fun atmosphere. I expect fights in the crowds. I expect fights on the field. I expect uh, somewhat of a check match between Adam Gase and Todd Bowles. Uh, what is this game going to boil down to, Chris? Uh, what do we have to do to stop the the Jets on offense? What do we have to do to take advantage of that defense? Um, what do we got to do to win this game and go 2-0? and
1: We have to establish a run game on offense and not make Ryan Tannehill throw and win this game. I think we have to establish a run game where we can be unpredictable uh, in our play calling, and I think on defense it's absolutely vital that we get uh, pressure on the rookie. If we let him sit back and throw um, and scan the field and let guys get open, then it's just a recipe for disaster. It's going to be a snowball effect with the crowd as well. Momentum will be going. Rhythm will be going if we do not get a pass rush. Quinn, Wake, the guys up the middle, some blitz packages from Matt Burke. Has to be top of the line here for our defense to get this kid – throwing quicker than he wants to, and then letting our defensive backs use their athleticism, Minka and Rashad Jones and McDonald and Xavier Howard and McCain, and our speed at linebacker to jump some routes, catch uh, some interceptions, and really getting ahead of the rookie quarterback. We've had success doing it before, um, and we just got to do it again. It's all about uh, the defense here, uh, stopping Sam Darnold from getting anything going and establishing a running game.
0: Yeah, I think this is going to be an interesting game because I do think we're going into a hostile environment. The Jets fans are going to be uh, jacked through the roof after watching their team on the road, uh, beat up all over the Detroit Lions. They're uh, they're feeling optimistic about Sam Darnold and company. Um, This is where I think your veterans... Need to step up. This is where a Frank Gore uh, might have more of a, a, of a role, in my opinion, than a Kenyon Drake because he knows what a hostile environment is like. He knows what a big game atmosphere is like. And I think this is a big game early in the season. This is where Ryan Tannehill, uh, you see his leadership qualities where Adam Gase gave everyone Monday off and he says, no, fuck that. I think the offense needs to go into the film room. Everyone agrees and they get together and have an extra day of film session because of Ryan Tannehill's leadership. I think Kenny Stills has stepped into that role of being uh, somewhat of a lead by example guy. And uh, those are going to be the guys on offense, both Kenny Stills and Ryan Tannehill, that I think and Frank Gore uh, that are probably going to have a big game or need to have notable roles uh, to keep this team focused in that hostile environment on defense. Yeah, like you said, I think you have to get at that guy's feet. You have to get at Sam Darnold. You have to put people around him. You have to make him uncomfortable and rattled. If you can hit him early, uh, maybe Andre Branch can yell body bag and knock him out of the game. I'm not sure, uh, but you do. I think if you can get uh, your your, your front, front end of that defense, your defensive tackles, your defensive ends, your defensive line as a whole wreaking havoc, causing pressure, and making Sam Darnold panic, have happy feet, and throw the ball where he doesn't want to throw it, uh, that's where Rashad Jones, Mika Fitzpatrick, and those linebackers can fly all over the field, knock balls down, uh, hit their wide receivers, hit those tight ends, and uh, possibly pick a ball here or there um, because Sam Darnold has shown that he will throw an interception for for uh, in front of the entire world there. So I think that's really going to be the key is if Frank Gore and Kenny Stills and Ryan Tannehill can settle the offense down uh, when they're on the field and on defense. Uh, you really need to have the pass rush, or you you need, you need at least need to have people uh, make him feel pressure. I don't know if you need seven sacks or anything like that, but you need, you need to knock him down. You need to get his jersey dirty. Uh, you need to make him make sure that he is aware that those big boys are there. Uh, and I think if you do that, you'll be just fine, because I do think the Miami Dolphins have a lot of talent, and I do think that Adam Gase is a better coach than Todd Bowles, and I think we have more talent at the quarterback position, which is what I want to point out as well. Uh, David Hyde, I believe it was David Hyde, came out this week and said that this offense offense suits Ryan Tannehill's strengths and I thought it was a, a key point that he was making was that Adam Gase is known as the quarterback whisperer but he really is the Ryan Tannehill whisperer uh, and going back to uh, the Tennessee Titans game and what we should be seeing going forward is an offense that's geared around Ryan Tannehill and not a Jarvis Landry like you saw in, in years past or not around a running back or or any sort of uh, skill position player other than the quarterback and since Ryan Tannehill is your you Unique starting quarterback, then you need to have a unique offense that goes to his strengths. And I think Adam Gase has done that for Ryan Tannehill, which is probably why Ryan Tannehill has grasped this offense better than the other people that we've seen, be it Matt Moore, Jay Cutler or anything else, because this is the Ryan Tannehill offense. So I think if they stick to those principles and they game plan with Ryan Tannehill's strengths in mind, uh, we have the ability to maybe go in and snake a a victory away on a hopefully doubly focused Miami Dolphins team against a surprisingly talented dude New York Jets team week one.
1: This is a game right here, Sam, where we talked prior to the season starting where it's all up to Ryan Tannehill to shut his haters up. This is that game where he needs to go out, assert his dominance, Gase needs to call a phenomenal call as a play caller to silence these doubters. This is the game where Um, If we want to etch ourselves as the next heir apparent to the AFC East when Tom Brady retires, when Belichick retires, and they're getting there, who's the next team to step up? If you look on paper, the Jets should be a few years away. The Dolphins have that veteran talent that you mentioned, the wakes. Uh, the Hayes, the Jones, uh, the Tannehill, the Stills, these guys need to now step up and say, we've played these games a 100 times. We've played in New York every season. We know what it's like. We know what it takes to win. We have to just go out there and make it happen. And uh, there's no more excuses. There's no excuses for a bad game where you throw multiple interceptions, fumbled snaps. Um, this is a game where they need to go out and say, hey, guys, little brother, y- you're going to be up here running around with us in a few years, but right now I'm going to have to snuff your shit because we know what it takes to win and what it takes to do it uh this is one of those games where todd bowl should be coming out after the game saying they just had the veteran leadership that we didn't and we hope to be there one day uh you know tip of the cap to them they played a better game than we did with less uh mistakes more better fundamentals more discipline that's what this game should be uh and this is where it's a big test early on on the road division game after a big odd victory on the AFC opponent that went to the playoffs last year where you can start getting people talking and start shutting up this, uh, the uh, the doubters
0: yeah, I think if you beat the Jets at home week two and you go two and zero, you're going to start seeing uh, the Miami Dolphins start crawling up that de- those uh, those depth charts or those uh, you know those those lists of where every team is in the league. Um, they're going to have to, pardon the pun, weather the storm a little bit early because I think the Jets are going to come out fiery. They're going to come out you know ready to light the Miami Dolphins players up. And if you can just weather that storm, get to the second quarter within striking distance, if not tied or possibly having the lead, uh, then I think you can start going to work. Adam Gason is the master at making uh, second half adjustments. So you just have to make sure you're not so far out of that uh, realm of coming back so that you can actually come back. And I think that's really going to be the key. And I think that's where somebody like a Frank Gore who knows he needs four yards. So he goes out and gets five and just grinds it out and extends that offense. It starts to take that crowd out of it. That's where I think it's going to be key for the Miami dolphins. Uh, what do you think? Final score um, gun to your head. Do the Miami dolphins win? And if so, by how much?
1: Well, until they prove me otherwise, I'm going to keep being the optimistic self I'm going to be. I'm going to say we win this game on a very close one, 23-17.
0: 23-17. Is this a come-from-behind victory, or do you see us kind of uh, getting out to an early lead and just playing uh, playing keep-away for the rest of the way? How do you see this game playing out?
1: Based on what I saw uh, last week, uh, comparatively to 2016, where we're constantly coming from behind, I agree with you. I feel like we just were in control Mariota wasn't too much for us even when he had a, long, a couple long drives we we bend we didn't break we we uh, held him on fourth down or we held him the field goals that's the kind of defense that you want and we have the playmakers out there to do it they just uh are relentless these guys don't lose uh, Minka Fitzpatrick didn't lose in college so he's going to force these guys uh McMillan and Baker did not lose in college at Ohio State so they're not going to just sit back and allow a touchdown to happen even if they're at the one yard line on first down they just don't accept that they don't accept defeat and I think we're seeing the coin change Change a little bit to that difference of instead of playing from behind we kind of take that lead grabbing you by the throat and choke you out slowly so I do see this being a grind maybe possibly tied later into the game but then Tannehill and our offense goes down maybe uh, pull something out of their sleeve and we take the lead and our defense holds them
0: for once I like it. I uh, I can get behind that game plan. Me, personally, I'm going to ride with you. I'm going to play roulette here, and I'm just going to keep riding it until it doesn't win anymore. Uh, I see it being a little bit more of a lower-scoring affair. Uh, I think you are going to see a little bit of a bounce back for the New York Jets. I, I don't think Sam Darnold and the Jets are quite ready for 40 points week in and week out. Um, I think the Miami Dolphins are a little, a little bit more of a disciplined team than the Detroit Lions are. Uh, my, the Jets are coming off of a short week. The Miami Dolphins are coming off of a very long, exhausting process for that game, uh, which Usually means you're going to have some sort of hangover effect the next week. I could be wrong, but I see this thing going 17 14 uh, with, let's call it a mid to late fourth quarter field goal from Jason Sanders to break a tie and uh, the Miami Dolphins defense making us pucker a little bit late but ultimately uh, stopping them on fourth and whatever Uh, turnover on downs victory formation Ryan Tannehill and everybody takes a knee and we all go home happy into week three against the shitty Oakland Raiders Uh, we both have it winning you've got it 23-17 I've got it 17-14 both in the Dolphins favor Uh, if either one of those scenarios wins then uh, we'll be happy will we not Chris
1: Oh, I'd be thrilled, man. Like you said, 2-0 with a pretty favorable schedule still up ahead, uh, especially getting one off our our Schneide on the road of a divisional opponent Um, this early in the season. We don't have to deal with the elements, the weather, so that would be huge for us. Uh, Where are you watching this game on Sunday? Are you back in the man cave, hopefully? (laughs) I don't know, man. There's a thing. Hurricane Florence is battering down on uh, Charlotte in the next couple of days. My son at school canceled Friday, and I look to have a forecast of just a shit ton of rain in, wind saturday and sunday so that doesn't look good for direct tv considering a squirrel can be eating a nut in front of the dish and i will lose uh satellite coverage so um i'm looking to be watching the game on my fucking phone thank god for unlimited data if i have to hopefully i have uh cell phone coverage and at least a little bit of power to charge my phone if not Man, I'm going to need some homeboys to hook me up with some updates. It's going to be a, it's going to be a rough one. Well, uh, I got your back. I got
0: your hookup if that's where it needs to be. I'm going to be watching this thing on a little bit more of a private basis myself. I'll probably go watch it with uh, some fellow dolphins, comedians, dolphin comedians, I should say, uh, who've got the hookup there. So we'll be watching this and either crying in our beer after a bad loss or uh, taking shots after a huge win. So uh, stay safe out there. Uh, those hurricanes are no joke. And uh, with that being said, goodbye once again from Perfectville later DolphinsTalk.com podcast network
1: thank you for listening
0: to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform